Hey everyone, welcome back for season three of the Age Sister podcast. This season, we're going to keep exploring the issues around midlife and older women at work. So let's get started with today's guest. Hey everyone, I've got Vicki Della Joyo on the podcast today. I had such a great conversation with Vicki about energy and storytelling and how she's used her background in martial arts and theater to really teach hundreds and hundreds of women how to bring a better presence to the stage. So I hope you enjoy our conversation. I know I did. Well, welcome to the show, Vicki. Oh, thank you so much, Kate. It's a real joy to be here. Oh, I'm so glad that you're joining me. You know, I always start off with this same question because I always find it so interesting to find out about how you got to doing the work that you're doing today. Can you tell us about your journey? Oh, I'd love to. Thank you so much. Um, I, it's interesting. It's kind of a parallel path because part of what I do is a, I, I've been teaching Qigong for 50 years. Um, I am a master teacher in Qigong, which means basically I've taught teachers. Um, and then I also uh, have been a speaker and a performer for a long time. And so the, 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 they're, they're sort of two separate paths. I really, when I was um, when I was a kid, I started getting into martial arts because I wanted to learn how to protect myself, and also because I had this sense of wanting to really be in my power and 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 show who I was. I grew up in a in a household where women were supposed to be subservient or just be there to to help the men thrive. Uh, uh, I remember my dad, who was a composer, saying, you know, women don't have any innate talent. They're, they're there to serve us. I mean, so I was really drilled in, which um, I actually appreciate understanding that now because I didn't always get that. But anyway, that's part of why I went into martial arts, that and also for self-defense because I'd had a situation where I had been um, attacked on the street. Uh, and then uh, for the speaking piece, it was basically I was doing I was doing a fair amount of speaking um, at that point, more about the Qigong business. But and somebody came up to me and she said, I really love how you um, how you speak. Can you teach how to do that? How, how can we be more like you? And I said, I, I don't want you to be more like me, but I'd love you to enhance what you do. And so I started at that point to teach speakers and storytellers. So it, it is a wide range. I've worked with everything from lawyers and CEOs all the way to people who are artists and, and performers directing, you know, one woman shows. Uh, and, and I started those classes and they were very, very popular. So that, that's sort of how these two things have dovetailed into what I'm now calling your power presence. So how do you speak from a place of empowerment, uh, regardless of whether you're speaking on a virtual or live stage, or if you're speaking to something or someone that intimidates you, or if you're encouraging people to get more into their own authenticity and have a conversation from a place that's non-defensive. Yeah. Well, and <laughs> no, it's a great answer. No, absolutely. Um, I'm really interested in this idea from your background. I mean, you, you've done so many things, you know, working in theater and this martial arts background. You talk a bit about energy and how important energy is. Can you talk to me a little bit about that and maybe especially with women, how that might be different? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that that we as women have have an innate ability to kind of feel and understand that and energy. Basically, I think it's the secret ingredient behind not just what are the stories that we tell, but how we tell them or how do we come across 
Um, it's, there's energy, you know, a lot of times people think about energy just in terms of healing or, you know, like Reiki or, or, or yoga or things like that. But there, but there's also energy in terms of how we speak. Um, and I think that for women, uh, it's really important to be able to harness that. And, and especially as we get older, right? I think that, you know, one of the things we were talking about before we actually started the recording was, was how it's really... Um, you know, as women, as we age, we, we sort of face different types of, you know, ways in which we need to call on our confidence differently, right? Because once, I know for me, I, I'm 70 years old, so the whole thing of, you know, attracting people or all that kind of stuff is not really of much interest to me right now. What I'm really interested in is how do I connect with people differently? And because I have gray hair, there's, you know, projections that can be put on me, whether it's like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe you're 70. You look so young all the way to you're irrelevant. You don't know how to do, you know, you don't know how to do social media or whatever it is that the prejudice might be. And to be able to tap into I, I'm really one of my biggest passions is actually working with women to be able to own our power and the level of expertise that we have gained through navigating as females in a basically in a patriarchal world or in a world where uh, women um you know don't especially women of color but but all women have this particular issue of of how do we how do we stand our truth in the face of projections whether those projections are even on us when we're younger or when we're as we age so I'm really interested in the idea of using some of the concepts that you have taken from martial arts. When we talk about women coming to the table with, you know, the good energy, with good confidence, and I think of martial arts typically as more of a male pursuit, or I think that's somehow how we might stereotype um, martial arts. So can you tell me a little bit more about using that in terms of, uh, for women? Absolutely. I, I love, love, love that question. Yes, absolutely. Um, in terms of martial arts being male, they definitely have been. I know that, you know, I started when I was really young and I was often the only woman in a class. So, and I know a lot of people, women in my generation who are martial artists, who we all kind of, went through uh, a, a, a more t challenging type of, of thing. And then as the feminist movement came up, more women became more interested, particularly in learning how to take care of themselves physically uh, in, in, in difficult situations. But I think that the, the where I have landed um, really in the, and the passion that I have for is for a martial art called Qigong. And interesting, there, there's been several different strands that I've heard that, that Qigong was actually cultivated by Taoist nuns. A lot of times it's attributed to Taoists, Taoist priests and stuff, but the, that there were actually women who were doing a lot of these practices. So uh, I always think it's really interesting that I ended up landing on a, on a martial art that... Um, that is really not a fighting form anymore. It's really, it's really more about how do we harness our energy to create what we want in our lives. Um, and in terms of women coming to the table, I think that, uh, that basically there's, there's, there's a concept in Qigong uh, of what's called Shen, Qi, and Jing. And basically what I interpret or how I think about that is the, that there's the heaven realm, which has to do with our inspiration and our ability to get really present very quickly. So any, any mom, for instance, who has to get very present with her kid during a, a, a crisis situation 
or women who are very alert because they are caretakers and so they're very alert. There's ways in which we know how to come into presence uh, and that's part of the, the, the training is how to cultivate that in a stress stress-free way or in an effortless way. So presence is the, is the first thing. The second thing is the human realm, and the human realm has to do with how we are connected with one another, how we express ourselves. If the heaven realm is sort of like universal consciousness, right? Everything is possible, we're in our full potential. The human realm is about how do we take that and channel it through our own individual talents, our skills, our limitations. How do we work with that? And so I think of that as also our passion. How do we express our heart? What is it that matters to us? What do we have conviction about? What is it that we feel we have to contribute to our world? Uh, whether you know whether we want to think small, meta, or meg, you know, uh, or micro. Um, and then the third one is the earth realm, which has to do with with what we manifest. What is it that we do? How do we walk our talk? How do we stay in what a uh, power? So it's the the earth realm is all about empowerment, which I think is the place that is the most challenging, at least in my experience, for myself and for a lot of the women that I have worked with. I've worked, I would say, 90% of my my clients and students are women. Um, and, and really looking at, at what does it mean to stand in your power, because power has always been defined in, in, in our world as sort of a power over is, or a zero-sum game, right? Why well, have power so you don't? And so what does empowerment look like when it's coming from power within and, and, and how that can create areas of reciprocity with us and those that we're communicating with? Yeah, I love that. And I know that you have been using these techniques to help people learn how to speak as well, right? To, right. So to be on stage, to to have that presence or come into your own as a speaker. Yes. Um, maybe you can tell us a little bit more about that. And um, if you have any tips to share also, that would be fantastic. Absolutely, yes. So I think that, um, you know, again, if we just harness this concept of of, of presence, passion, and, and power, that those are sort of, to me, part of the secret sauce behind what makes a speaker really stand out as opposed to somebody who maybe is just, you know, trying to get salesy or trying to motivate you, or, but, but, but is, is kind of unilateral pushing things one way. Whereas when we're in this place of alignment between these three areas of heaven, human, and earth, we actually allow for more reciprocity, more give and take with our audiences. Um, and I, to me, that, that's, that's, that's a really key thing. So, so f first of all, presence, I think that a lot of times people, um, you know, they can kind of wing out <laughs> when they go on stage, right? They, it's like, how do you bring yourself back? Um, so that you're kind of connecting to your audience in the way that you want to. And when I say audience, I am speak. I do work a lot with speakers uh, and performers who are working from a stage or on Zoom a lot these days. But I also work with something called powerful non-defensive communication, which is a um, a system of communication cultivated by somebody sh whose name is Sharon Strand Ellison. Brilliant way of looking at how can we have conversations, turn confrontations into conversations. So anytime we're talking to somebody who, any, any situation that either makes us feel either intimidated or feels like we really need to show, show up shiny in our best game, coming into that present moment is, is one of the first tips that I would say. And one great way to do it, of course, is through your breath. And there's a there's a um, technique in Qigong that I particularly love called six direction breathing. 
And with six direction breathing, it's actually quite easy. In fact, if folks want to join me now, it's basically is you're going to focus on your, your solar plexus. So it's not so much even the belly, although the belly is included, and it's you know, not the chest. It's really kind of letting your whole torso breathe. And so as you breathe in, you imagine that your whole diaphragm and your, everything is lengthening. So your solar plexus is getting really long. And then you exhale and relax. And then you inhale and let your ribs expand to the side. So you're going wide. And then you exhale and relax. And then you're going to inhale and go front and back. So you're expanding your back, is breathing into your back as well as into your solar plexus in front. And then you exhale and relax. And then you do all, all six directions at once, up, down, side, side, front, back, so that you're inhaling and it's like a balloon swelling. And then as you exhale, it just relaxes. A lot of times that'll help us come back into that present moment of like, okay, I'm nervous or I'm excited or I'm, um, I, I'm feeling like I really want people to hear this or whatever the thing is that's sort of driving you, which is step two, that you can come back into the present and be with those feelings, not have to either push them away or or um, you know, get lost in them, but to really be able to be present with your observer self so that you can sort of track what's happening inside of you so that you can then be really ready to focus on what it is that you want to offer, what you want to give. So that would be the first tip. I love it. Right away, I was doing the breathing exercise. I think I'm going to go back to that pretty regularly. <laughs> Six direction breathing, is that right? That's correct. Yes. Love yeah. it. Love it's, it. Tell us. It's so, it's so accessible, right? Anyone can do it and you can do it anytime. People don't have to know. <laughs> yeah. That's an easy one to remember too, if you're yeah. nervous at all. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us about your second tip. Okay. So the second one resides in the second realm. So this is the, what I call the human realm or what gets called chi in, in Qigong, but it has to do with, like I said, our, our ability to connect from the heart. The heart is the center of it. Um, the system of uh, Qigong that I've developed over time is a hybrid system. I've drawn from a lot of different, you know, I've studied for so long. I've, I've drawn from a lot of different styles, uh, and I call mine the way of joy. And joy is the center, is, is the, is, belongs in the heart. And so that's sort of the central piece, right? It's what brings our awareness, our presence down to earth, and, and also our ability to manifest up to heaven as they, we're... we're uh, in Qigong, they, they say we're a vessel, right? We're bringing heaven to earth and earth to heaven. So anyway, all of that, <laughs> a long introduction to say um, the second part being passion, being heart. Um, there's a lot of things that I, I do, but for people, you know, just on a podcast where you're maybe just hearing me, um, one of the things that I think is really uh, helpful is to just put your hands on your chest, over your breastbone, which is covers your thymus gland, and that thymus gland is actually the center of your immune system. And this is also this this is also part of how we express what's called our Wei Qi, which has to do with externalized energy. And so it, sometimes you can just circle your hands over your heart center, or your it's a heart chakra for those folks who are into yoga and some of the Indian practices. It's an energy center in the Chinese practices as well and then around in the other direction. So you just circle a few times in each direction and so that you start to feel a little bit of warmth between your hands and your chest. 
and then to go into the the why. So I know a lot of people, particularly as entrepreneurs or women who are doing business in any way uh, or at work in corporations, a lot of times we kind of get so lost in the to-dos that we forget the why. What is it that's driving us? That's that passion. And so to just sort of remember if you're about to go on stage or if you're about to have a difficult conversation with somebody, what is important for you that you want to express? Why is why does it matter? And then to think about sending that as a kind of a gift or of love to the people that you're speaking to. Um, I find for, for that when I've watched some of my clients and students doing this, that the that it ups their game enormously because we know that the heart center in terms of heart math and other types of studies that have been done, that that's the most energetic piece of our our whole being, right? That's what radiates the, the biggest. And the, it's connected to your out, outer field, which is called Wei Qi. So Wei Qi is, I have a lot of stories about Wei Qi, but Wei Qi is basically how you ex, express yourself. So if you see somebody walk into a room you know, some people see auras and some people, you know, just sort of read body language. But if you see somebody walk into a room and you feel really drawn or towards them or feel like, oh, I'm going to give that person a pass, that usually has to do with how they're expressing this outer field, this Wei Qi. So when we can tap into what we care about, what matters, then we become more radiant and we become more attracting, more magnetic to the people that we want to connect with. So that would be the second. That would be the second technique that I would share. It's a really lovely way to think about, you know, being on stage, having that presence. I love that idea and those that kind of philosophy um, that you're sharing. I know that the other thing that you talk about quite a bit is stories. And why do stories matter? And how can we be better at telling stories? Right. So one of the things with stories, um, I think that the, what I what, what I see a lot with the um, people is that they either get so lost in the details that it's way too many details, and so that it's sort of like going down different rabbit holes, or they're so dry and so afraid of their details that they you know just sort of say, "I did this, I did that, and then this happened and that happened," and it becomes almost like reading a CV or a resume. Um, so. Uh, When I work with people, I I really love drawing stories out of people. For some reason, I I just have a a way of, um, I have access to questions that make, that surprise people and that allow them to go into places where they can start to talk about some of those details. And then I think we all need sort of a director when we're, when we're, especially when we're performing, because, you know, you can't see the picture when you're inside the frame. So, so, so being able to, I, I, I like helping people know what are the details that matter and what are the ones that don't. But I ask a lot of questions um, to draw out what happened, what's the story under the story? So we see, say we have a story, um, like a, for instance, if I have a Wei Chi story, let's see, what, one Wei Chi story that I have, I was, I was presenting at a conference and there was, um, there was a, a lot of, uh, 
there was a lot of men, it was mostly men who were presenting, and we each person who was going to be doing a breakout room had a minute to talk about their thing. And some of the guys went on and on for quite a while. And I used to work on radio, so I knew exactly what a minute looked like. So I had timed myself down to the very last second. When I stepped on the stage and they handed me the, the mic, I noticed that as I was walking onto the stage, they'd started, the guy had started the timer. So I spoke and as I spoke I just um, uh, I, 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 I was wrapping it up but they started to give me the time and I knew I had another 15 seconds so there was a guy coming from the back trying to pull me off the stage I mean it was almost like he was going to come come in and actually escort me and I just put my arm out and just continued to th just send out this 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 you know passion, this, this sense of like what I was, and people were laughing. I didn't know why they were laughing, but evidently later, the, what they told me is that he was like stopped. He couldn't, he's not, I didn't touch him and I wasn't trying to do anything to him, but he couldn't get past to reach me. Uh, so that I have hundreds of stories. I've seen so many things like this with, with my students. So I think that the, the, the story, the, basically what I want to say about this story is that you can you if I had gone on and on and on and on about every single moment in what I was talking about and what my you know what my pitch was and all that stuff, I would start to lose you. But I can sort of go into what is what are the essential stepping stones of a story. So that's the thing I think people can do when they're thinking about cultivating a story that they want to tell is to really look at what are the stepping stones, what are the important moments, and then dress them. Just give them a little bit of dressing, like a like a, a Christmas tree, or like a or like a you know like you're dressing yourself to 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 be your your best self, to um, to give enough details that you can just that you can paint the picture. You can see that there's this guy trying to push past my hand, but I'm not going into a whole lot of details about what he wore and how old he was and who he was and where he came from and all that stuff because it didn't, doesn't matter in terms of moving that story forward. So look for those stepping stones. That would probably be the key thing that I would say. Do you think it's stories that give your speeches the wow factor? Absolutely. Because I think that's what we're all looking for, isn't it? Absolutely. You know, I've, I always love the quote, which I, I, I don't know the exact quote, but by Maya Angelou, who said people don't remember, what won't necessarily remember what you said, but they'll always remember how you feel. How, they, how you made them feel. And I think stories is how you make people feel. I think it is the key to empathy. Um, I, uh, I'm in a theater company for the last 20 something years, 25 years or so, that's called Playback Theater. And it's a style of theater where people, uh, anybody from the audience is invited to come on stage if they'd like and tell a story from their lives. It can be any story, first kiss story, a story. We have stories of immigration, all kinds of different stories. And the actors and musicians play that story back on the spot, listening for the story underneath the story. Um, and one of the things that our director always says is what we're doing is creating a culture of empathy. So I really, I really believe that, that when we hear each other's stories, when we do a lot of work with opposing groups, so he's a son of Holocaust survivors. We, he started by working with sons and daughters of the Holocaust and sons and daughters of the Third Reich to tell stories, to bring them together, to create this culture of empathy. And since then, we've worked with many, many different, you know, groups that are in opposition or, or dealing with the legacy of war. Wow, so important today. You know, I think your approach and uh, the work that you're doing is just so key, given 
you know, a lot of the conflict that we're dealing with right now. Right. If we get off of our soapboxes and start to share stories about why we think what we think or, or start to invoke stories of why we think or feel or believe the ways we do, I think the possibility of speaking with across difference with respect instead of contempt can be cultivated. It's a, it's a job for today, for sure. We are so splintered more and more. So, yeah. Well, I think that's a, a perfect place for us to end. Um, I am wondering where our listeners would find out more about your work or if they wanted to connect with you, where would they go? One of the one of the things I'd like to offer your listeners is I, there's a, a book uh, ebook that I just published. It's actually not a it's a guide uh, or a report you could say or I don't know what to call it, but it's uh, I've been getting these rave reviews about it, so I'm very excited to share it with people. Um, I'm calling it the secret. Uh, uh, this what did I call it? Let's get real about charisma. Uh, the three keys to inspire and motivate your audience every time you speak on live or virtual stages. In that, I've got a lot of this material, but I also have a lot more, and I also have techniques that you can do that you can, both from the energetic point of view, but also from the storytelling point of view and in terms of what to think about as you're creating your story. So I encourage people to download that. It's free. You just go to yourpowerpresence.com um, and get that. And it, when you get that, you'll also um, have an opportunity to connect with me directly if you'd like to talk more about your story. Because again, my biggest passion is helping women tell their stories well. It's important that we tell it well so that it lands. That's fantastic. So um, I'll make sure that all of that information um, is in our show notes today. And thank you so much, Vicki, for coming on the show. Oh, Kate, it's been an honor. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening to the Age Sister Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure to rate and review the episode on your favorite podcast app. We'll also be posting the show notes and any other important information at www.cardeahealthconsulting.com.